Hey guys, Scott Fish here to tell you about a couple new additions to the Dynasty League Football Family of Podcasts and a cool new feature. We have a couple new shows. Dynasty Game Night, hosted by John Bosch and Matt Price. Whole lot of Dynasty fun. It's all games. It's a format that really sets itself apart. It's it's different than than really any other Dynasty show out there. Get your information while having fun. Also newly added is Dynasty Double Take with Nathan Powell and Dan Sanio. It's a quick-hitting 10- to 15-minute podcast covering a single topic. Listen as they spend 15 minutes arguing like two guys constantly calling fouls on each other in a pickup basketball game. All of that Dynasty podcast goodness you love, including our show, Commission Impossible, and more can be found on the new DLF Family of Podcasts feed. It's got its own feed, yeah, with every one of the Dynasty League Football Family of Podcasts shows on it. You can still subscribe individually, of course, but if you love Dynasty Pods, that might be the feed for you. Go check that out on DynastyLeagueFootball.com. And welcome back to another episode of Commission Impossible. It feels like we just recorded one of these, Ryan. It does. It does. Long time no talk. Wait, wasn't I supposed to say the the man, the myth, the legend, the face of Dynasty, Ryan McDowell, the, All of the that. Commissioner Supreme? <laughs> no, 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 no. I feel like that was about the same amount as last time. <laughs> oh, All right. So this one, we're just going to get into your questions because we have... Uh, we have 11 more pages of questions to go through. <laughs> oh, I love our, I love our listeners. I, I love them so much. They, if you do have questions, feel free to email, um, our email, which is the email I'm about to say right now, which is commishpod at gmail.com. I bet no one could tell I was stalling. <laughs> Ryan smiles. Oh. Anyway, yes, commissionpod at gmail.com. Please send in questions. Tell us where you're from because we love that stuff. Brent, however, has our first question of today, and he did not tell us where he was mm. from. Let's not answer it. Don't be like Brent. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Brent. Oh, he probably did not know that that we were, you know, he's probably on episode four. This is a binge worthy show, I've heard. I, I see a lot of people. I just found your show. I'm six episodes in. I, I really enjoy that. Um, that's very cool. Very cool. So, uh, just I started listening to the podcast. I actually I started back at number one. See, look, look, see, actually, do be like Brent. Yes. Go back and start with number one and just listen to them all. Absolutely gold, everyone. I'm a commissioner of five leagues and of different sports and have experienced a lot of what you guys have discussed. I have no doubt if, if, <laughs> several sports and leagues, I'm sure. Uh, to my question, I'm considering starting a new league that is based upon a baseball version that I'm a part of. It's a salary cap and contract league with each player having a price. There's a small minor league or Debbie system like most, most football leagues have. Okay. What I'm having a problem with is with the initial draft of Debbie players. They wouldn't have a salary until promoted. Do I just include Debbie prospects in that auction? Those Debbie players would then have a salary reset and placed on the taxi squad. Following seasons, there is a Debbie draft based upon standings and for all players with no NFL experience. As you can see, a lot of behind the scenes management. Yeah, it does certainly seem that yeah. way. 
Um, at this point, he's simply just spitballing with ideas. Uh, do you have anything right off the top of your head, or you want me to try to throw something together? Yeah, this one's tough for me because I mean, I guess it would have to have to do. It would have to be based on the salary that uh, or, or the the amount that the players won for an auction, even if they're a Devi player. Um, yeah, I, mean, I don't know. You, that that you, is well, a tough one. Track of that salary in a Google Doc, and they'd sit on a taxi on the league site. Because, as far as I know, taxi squad players do not count against your salary cap. Correct? Right. That's that is correct. Um, but I, it, it unless I'm misunderstanding, I think Brent's question is: once they're in the, I think it's fine to have them not count against your salary, especially if they're on the taxi squad. Right. Um, but once they're in the NFL, then since they're already on a roster, they're not getting uh, drafted or auctioned in in a rookie auction, then how do we give them a salary? What do we base that do, on? I, do, I think that's the yeah. question. Yeah, I think it is too. And, and basically he's saying, yeah, he'd have to, you know, the salary would have to reset. Yeah, it, it's definitely, it's got to be based on what they were won for in the, in the Debbie auction or where they went in the Debbie draft, right? Like I can't think of another option here. No, I, I can't either. And that almost makes me think that you might want to reconsider the way you do it. Well, that you have to, you have to put all these pieces together. Um, uh, meaning veterans, rookies, Devi players, you almost have to do one major auction so that they're, they all um, have similar, they know, all have similar values value comparable to each other. Yeah. Right. So in, in a startup, you might see Aaron Rodgers go for, um, fifty dollars. You know, if you if you're doing maybe like a four hundred dollar auction or something like that. So maybe Aaron Rodgers is is fifty dollars. But then in a rookie auction that might follow that, or a Devi auction that might follow that, some of these top players could go for twice that just because of the limited player pool. So yeah. now you've now you've got a fifty dollar Aaron Rodgers and a hundred dollar Baker Mayfield. Which yeah makes no sense. So I, I don't know. I'm I'm probably not the best person to ask because I I don't have a ton of experience in salary cap leagues, uh, and I have I have never commissioned them. Uh, I, I don't know. Do, have you done a, a lot with salary cap, Scott? Not in the better part of a decade. I, yeah. I'd, say, I'd say it's been it's been quite a while since I've I've gotten really into it. probably you know late two thousands. Um, I, I send all my. I send yeah. all my salary cap questions to Dan, uh, to Dan Myler or Jeff Miller. Those, those guys are the experts. Uh, we should, we should really have one of them on to, to discuss a question like this. Um, but I think normally we, we want more drafts. I think this is a situation where the best and easiest way to do it is to keep them all combined in the same drafts so that the, the player values stay, you know, pretty uniform. Yeah. Um, otherwise I, it, it, otherwise you're going to have to concoct some kind of formula, maybe once or maybe yearly to, to figure out those Debbie prices, uh, once they hit the NFL, I'm not sure we were much help to, to Brent here, but, uh, I'm um, not either, but I, I do like the idea of getting, um, Jeff or Dan on, um, especially Dan, then we wouldn't have to talk to Jeff, but, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to highlight this a different color. And maybe save it 
Um, and maybe bring it up again when one of those are on the show. Cause that's, that's a really good question. And I think we, you know, have what we would do, but again, that's uh man, <laughs> I think we're just like him just spitballing some ideas. Yeah. All right. Uh, do you want this one? Let's do it. This one oh. comes from Casper in Copenhagen, Denmark. Ooh. Wow. Wow. We've gone international. Evidently. I've not been to Copenhagen. I have not but, either. Uh, you know, sounds lovely. So <laughs> let's see. Casper says towards the end of uh, towards the end of last season, we had a debate in my first year dynasty league about uh, the possibility of using a trade deadline before the playoffs. Uh, those in favor believed uh, it would be unfair for the opponent if a playoff team improved significantly right before. Uh, making a short-sighted trade. Those against argued that you, you kind of stick with the one who, who brought you. Yep. Um, so what do you think in general trade deadlines? Uh, this is, this is one of those we've certainly talked about before, but it has been a while trade deadlines, playoff teams, making trades. What are your thoughts? Uh, all my leagues have the same rule. It's uh, no trading during the playoffs and that's it. Like that's, you can trade 50, 49 weeks a year, but those are, those three weeks are off. Um, I know a lot of people are okay with trading during the playoffs. I have seen people, I have seen, uh, I have seen a league die because of it. And I've seen teams ruin their, ruin their teams um, because of it as well. Um, and really hurt the league. Uh, but that won't happen in all cases. So, I'm I'm fine with whatever you decide, but you're right. This should have been decided, you know, well before the season because then then teams can adjust. Then she, teams know the rule, and I I'm a, you run with the one that brung you type of guy in dynasty. Your rosters are deep enough. Uh, you should be able to build your team to be deep enough, like the Eagles did with Wentz and Foles. You know they they didn't make a trade. They're past the trade line. They they made sure they had a backup for that position. Um, that's just how I feel. I'm I'm fine with either way. I, I just think you got to have it set. But my personal preference is no playoff trading. Yeah, mine is as well. We we do have trade de deadlines in my leagues. I would be fine with pushing those back. They're actually a week or two before the playoffs, so I wouldn't have any issue with basically making a rule like yours once the playoffs begin. No more trades. Uh, but. I, I do. I do. Kind of, it almost feels dirty when you see a trade go down. A with short playoff teams. Trade. Yeah, yeah. Just, it, just something about it doesn't feel right. So I would say trade deadline when the playoffs begin. Yep. Yep. That's, and if everyone knows when it's coming, I mean, everybody has an equal exact shot to, to make those last second trades and you still might see some short-sighted trades, but I think a team entering the playoffs is less likely to make a short-sighted trade than a team right before a championship game <laughs> where they will sell the farm for a piece, you know? Right. So, um, whereas you're less likely to sell the farm for a one in six chance at winning. <laughs> uh, so thank you, Casper from Copenhagen, Denmark. All right. This is from DJ Juton from Rowan University. I do not know where Rowan University is. We, I, I, we should bring up Google and find that out. Um, many of my leagues follow a standard payout format of 70% to first, 20% to second, 10% to third. 
I was looking for advice to convince my league mates to switch to alternative payouts, stuff like points for most points per week, maybe even making the playoffs. Uh, yeah, my, my leagues are full of, uh, <laughs> alternative, uh, alternative payouts. Um, looking for advice to convince your league mates though, is the different story. And also alternative payouts, they take more commission work. <laughs> they just flat out do. So, uh, be well aware of that. Um, the good news is, you know, if you don't have a lot of leagues and it's the end of the season and the, the year is done, um, I'm guessing for most people, it doesn't mean, you know, jumping into more fantasy football stuff right away. Uh, it's probably not a big deal to spend, you know, an extra hour doing them. So, uh, yeah, the stuff you mentioned is good points for most points per week, uh, making the playoffs. I do have a league that we don't even, we don't even have like a one, two, three payout. We pay out per round you are in the playoffs um uh it, it escalates you get you know 10 bucks to make the playoffs 20 bucks if you advance 50 bucks if you advance again i mean that's that's an interesting way ryan I, i've talked for 17 minutes it feels like <laughs> go for it man be quiet uh well first of all rowan university is in glassboro new jersey how did you Ooh. not know that i i should have known that <laughs> I, I feel embarrassed that you have embarrassed me sir good good know that. um no, I, I pretty much agree with you. I would, I, I am in favor of some type of alternative payout, things like DJ mentioned and, and things like you mentioned, uh, weekly high score. One, some of my leagues are just like you described. Uh, the, the further you advance in the playoffs, the more you make. Um, all of those are, uh, I, I think, just keep the league and keep the, the owners in the league more, uh, more interested. Uh, I mean, even if you're having a, a terrible season, if you're last place in the league, you can oftentimes at least get the high score in one week and, and maybe make five or 10 bucks or whatever it might be. So uh, that, that gives a little bit of a payoff to uh, almost every team. And, and I'm in favor of that. Yeah. Toilet bowl too. I mean, yeah. You know, winning a toilet bowl or, or whatever. Um yeah, definitely, definitely stuff there. I, I don't think your league mates would actually take that much convincing, honestly, because 70, 20, 10, I mean, even if you cut it to 50, 20, 10, I don't think anyone's going to complain and take 20% to, uh, to go to alternative stuff. I, I, I can't imagine a league being upset with that, honestly. Yeah. Um, I will, uh, take one moment to note <laughs> if, if you're in a league, think, consider giving one entry fee to charity. That's, uh, I, with all the leagues that we have out there, the hundreds of thousands of leagues, probably pro maybe you, do you think there's over a million leagues out there, Ryan? Sure. There's gotta be, yeah. right? There's gotta be. Yeah. Imagine one entry fee from every league going to, it doesn't have to be fantasy cares. It can be any charity. Uh, we can do a lot of good, a lot of good out there. And I, I find it hard that your league wouldn't be behind that. It's, it's something that you can tell, tell people, Hey, you know, our, this fantasy league's fun, but we also we also give back. We have fun and and we help out help out something, um, something cool you can do. Next question, uh, I'm gonna give it to you, Ryan, simply for the last name, so that I can walk away from it. Thanks. <laughs> this question comes from Russell Francisini, I think. I hope. I hope that's it, Russell. Sorry if I not. I think you got it. Um, so I'm glad Russell asked this question because um, uh, a friend of mine actually reached out to me and asked this question lately, and I didn't have a great answer for him. It's something we've talked about on the show before. 
here it is. Uh, he says, hey guys, big fan of the show. Where can I get a copy of the rule book you designed and used? Well, first of all, I'm glad to share my, uh, the, my rule book that I wrote for hyperactive or for kitchen sink. I tweet those out occasionally uh, and, and people are free to copy, steal, borrow, redesign, whatever you want to do with that. And I know Scott, I'm pretty sure you feel the same way yep. with your pigs leagues and your other leagues. Yep. Um, the rest of his question though, specifically, I'd like to read over the details of the trade room feature where everyone gets to counter a trade that was made and add it to my home league. So that is a rule we've talked about on here, Yep. but it is not a rule I use in my leagues. Me either. And okay. I just want to jut in. I've gotten this question several times on Twitter and I keep thinking to myself, I don't use that. I know we've talked about it, but I don't use that. So I'm glad that this came up. Yeah, I am. I am too, because I do, uh, like I said, other people have asked me for that resource and we're just going to have to find it. Uh, we discussed it. Someone asked about it in an earlier show. It was early on in, in our, in our history here, that maybe episode three or four that was discussed. I need to go back and find that, or maybe search that out on Twitter uh, to be able to share. And once I find that, I will, I will put that out on Twitter as well. And, and Scott, I'm sure you yeah, will too. I think it was an email from someone who did use it. So. Yeah, I'm really intrigued intrigued by the rule. Basically, the uh, the premise of the rule is that once a trade is um, agreed to between two sides, that that trade is is basically made public before it's finalized, and yep. other teams can try to better the offer. Um, which I don't know why you couldn't just use a message board for that. Like when you agree to a trade posted as a trade and on the message board and then yeah. people just respond, I will offer this. Like that's the best I can think of. Yeah. I mean, I think that would, that would be a fine way to do it. Um, I, I actually like that way a lot because I, if the alternative is you see a trade agreed to, and then you send a private offer, just, either through email or through the site, um, you know, that can be rejected or accepted or whatever. But if you're using a mess, a message board or league chat or a Google doc to track those, whatever, then everybody knows that which players are at least somewhat available on the trade block. You know, I know Scott is willing to move this player and, and maybe that creates even more trades. Yeah, it's I I love that idea. It, it it's just it's one of those things that just increases activity, and that's always good for a league. I think it would increase the bad blood in the league as well. I know <laughs> yes. I know in your league you like to use rivals, and yep. uh, sometimes those are I, I would imagine sometimes those are forced, and sometimes those are naturally created, and this would certainly create some more. I, I can see a scenario where instituting that and if it was like a bankroll league, but maybe even if it wasn't, if a piece, if a person gets the trade agreed to it, that someone else snipes it like that guy gets like five extra bucks or something because he got his trade sniped, you know, so mm. you could add something fun like that. Yeah. Ah, oh, the, the, the stuff like that's just awesome. Awesome and fun. So uh, whoever first emailed that, that's awesome. I think from now on, I'm going to try to put in the notes of these, these uh, shows as much info as I can about what's in them. Cause uh, that's probably the biggest question I get, which, which show did you talk about this? <laughs> you know, I know 
Yeah, I gotta start doing that. All right, Ryan Trozen. Uh, I know Ryan Tro. Well, I know him on Twitter anyway. He was in the fishbowl last year and did a bunch yep. of press conferences. I uh, know Ryan as well. They were pretty awesome. Um, I just joined a league as an orphan owner. It is standard, but the league is considering the the move from PPR or at least to 0.5 PPR. Some of the league is okay as long as we wait a year, which I would recommend for any change like that. Um, I am ready for it this year. Okay, I mean if I mean if the league's cool with it this year, that's cool too. But uh, I generally prefer to wait a year. I I yeah, from standard to full PPR, that is that is quite a you know a difference in player value. So I, I yeah, I'd probably wait a year. In your opinion, is it best to wait a year or jump right in? I just said that. So the league is six years old. Thank you. Love the podcast. Ryan Trozen in Marshalltown, Iowa. Can I get a moniker for future emails? If so, hospice chaplain guy. Um, I can't guarantee I'll remember that, so you might have to put it in <laughs> every email. But uh, hospin, hospice chaplain guy Ryan from Marshalltown, Iowa. Uh, wait time, Ryan. What do you say? Yeah, I mean, as much as Scott, you know, as much as I'm in favor of PPR yeah. scoring in general, I, I think you have to wait. Um, that is, that is a pretty big change to go from standard to um, even if it's just half PPR. I think it's it's still pretty uh, a, a pretty drastic change. So I do think you have to wait. Uh, sorry, sorry, Ryan. Sorry, hospice, <laughs> hospice chaplain guy. Probably not the. Um, the answer you want to hear, but I think that's the right move. Yeah, it really is. It really is. And I mean, if all 10 or 12 members, whatever the league is, was on, were on board fine. But I mean, if you got half the league, you know, that doesn't want to, or is hesitant, I I just wait. It sucks, but honestly, it'll go by fast. It's just one season, right? I mean, it's just one season really. Uh, Ryan, another Ryan, (laughs) there's like three, like Ryan Trozen and you and now Ryan from Fargo, North Dakota, I'm starting a new league and going to do unlimited taxi squad. Hey, I have two of those. I have two leagues with unlimited taxi squads. Only players do draft. Okay. Um, Do you implement the taxi squad after the startup draft, or do you wait until next year's rookie draft to start the taxi squad? Should I worry about an owner drafting a ton of rookies in the startup and stashing them all in his taxi squad? My other leagues have limited taxi squad size, so I'm not sure... I've never played in a league. At least I don't think I have. Um, they're they're starting to run together, but I don't think I've, <laughs> I've played in a league that had unlimited taxi squad. So I I can't speak from experience, but I, I guess I can't think of any reason that you would wait. Um, the The scenario that Ryan describes here is something that could potentially happen. You you draft. Um, a dozen rookies or, or 15 rookies, you put them all in your taxi and then you add 15 uh, leftover players from the waiver wire. Right. And you're, you're, you're going to reap what you sow there. And then, yeah. yep, exactly. And, and, and you're also where you're drafting those rookies, you're not getting vets. So um, it, you're really, yeah, you're, I, you know what my two leagues that have an unlimited tax squat uh that's what she said and i made a huge mistake dynasty leagues uh, obviously office and arrested development theme they they started 11 years and 13 years ago and they started w- with unlimited taxi squads and they haven't had problems i don't remember problems in year one so i don't think it'd be any different nowadays so um 
yeah i i, I like that my initial thought was like one way for a half second and then yeah, I, I honestly don't see the harm in, in taxiing 14 guys. If that's what you want to do with your roster, we're all about being, you know, allowing as many strategies as you want for your roster. I, I think that just opens up another strategy someone could apply. That's your answer, Ryan. I, I think after, you know, some thought, we're both, uh, we're both on, uh, on the side of just allow it from the start. All right, Scott, our next question comes from Kevin in Columbus, Ohio. I love Columbus. Uh, you ever been there, Scott? I don't think I have. Yeah. I've, I've been to a Cincinnati Reds game. But I don't remember if I ever got to Columbus on that trip. I don't think so. They're, they're pretty far apart, so probably not. Yeah, it's, uh, my, my Cincinnati Reds game, ugh, I loved Ken Griffith Jr. I went, and he tweaked his hammy and went out running to first. Uh, and uh, like, I think I was at that game. Really? No. It was, no, it was like, really. oh, it was, it was crazy hot. My wife got heat stroke. Um, <laughs> Other than that, and then and then I went to St. Louis to go see Mark McGuire during during his epic year, and he went over five. So <laughs> like, I I just can't travel to see baseball players I want to see. So. so so you are stick to football guy. Yes, from now on. <laughs> Okay, Kevin says he is thinking about using a theme for his league. The theme that's stuck with him is Warbirds. He was in the Air Force, fascinated by aviation. That's that's a cool one. Uh, he's also an aerospace engineer. So, yeah, that, that seems to fit perfectly with him. Yep. Um, he said the team names would be a call sign or a military aircraft. Uh, new to Dynasty and new to MFL. Wondering if we could give them some tips on page design. Uh, I cannot, but uh, we actually talked about this on our last episode. Some great options for folks who can uh, help help out Kevin or help out anyone looking to spice up their MFL pages. Uh, Mark in Michigan is a good one. Mark uh, underscore in underscore MI on Twitter. Yes. Yes, uh, Jake Anderson is at NFL Draft Talker. Uh, Sean Morris is at Sean Morris underscore 13. That's Sean S-E-A-N. And who else is there, Scott? There's others as well. I think All D those guys are good. Or Sticks we mentioned as well. Um, but I, I don't think he would fall in that kind of category because he has themes that you buy. The other guys we just mentioned will will make, will design things for you. So. Oh. Yeah, I know. Uh, I know. Mark in Michigan did the um, the new league for Matt Price's Red List Two, and it's it's all and it's an end, endangered animals um, or endangered species theme, uh, and and the entire league is just amazing. Mark does a great job of that. They all those guys do. So, any of those are options. Again, we mentioned that last time, and I'm glad to send people their way. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, could not agree more. Yeah. We mentioned it last episode. We mentioned it this episode. Um, a lot of pub for those guys, but well worth it. Uh, all right. Let's, uh, let's see here. Oh, Tim McIntosh. I know him. He's in a couple of my leagues. Uh, hi Scott and Ryan. He's from Christmas Island. I don't even know where that is. How do I not know where that is? Tim it McIntosh. Sounds it sounds like festive. Um, <laughs> oh hi scott and ryan i wonder if like there's christmas stuff up all year round like if you live in christmas island i feel like there'd have to be right so there's a place uh there's a town 
not too far from me called Santa Claus, Indiana. And um, that is where Holiday World theme park is located. And there is Christmas stuff uh, up all year round. So, yeah, I'm guessing there probably is on Christmas Island as well. Uh, Christmas Island is, I don't even know where it is. I'm looking at it on on Google Maps, and it is. Every time he posts on Voxer, he's like in San Diego or Minnesota. He's like in different places all the time. I'm I'm not even sure he like has a home. I think he just, no, but he remodeled it. I don't know. It is south of Indonesia, south of Malaysia. So it is on the other side of the world. What? Yeah. He's making this up. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he's actually from Santa Claus, Indiana. Maybe he does not want to reveal his true location is what's happening here. I think. Well, Christmas Island is a pretty, that's a pretty good, uh, you know, a, a pretty good lie to tell though. Yes. <laughs> Who's I that? like it. Yeah, I like it too. I took over commission duties in six long-standing lists. Six leagues. Wow, Ooh. just took over. Wow, that's the leagues had been left for dead from previous commission dealing with some real life problems. Uh, we've seen that before. That sucks. But one thing I've taken from the previous commission is immediately following our playoffs, I sent out an email and post on the league homepage our list of important dates. That is also that is a very good. I keep mine in my bylaws, but that is definitely a very good thing to keep reminding your league of. Um, they 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 do forget. The first check mark on the list is roll call for the upcoming year, and in each of the leagues, I have one or more owners yet to reply to several of my emails and posts. Yeah, that happens. I'm pretty much okay with people playing Dynasty however they wish, and if they need time away, I'm fine with that. To this point, they've missed no important dates, but we're rapidly approaching several items on that list, voting on rule changes, roster cuts, et cetera, et cetera. So he's faced with an unfortunate decision. Do I continue to allow them to ignore the league and possibly find himself, find Tim, find himself scrambling for replacement replacements right before the draft? Does he boot them? Um, any other ideas? Uh, one of the owners has been in the day since league one, and this is on par with his past activity. That sucks. Um, oh man. It, it, I mean, how many, how many times have, have you reached out to him? I mean, that's, you know, was it the one email or have you tried a few times? Cause if it's a few times, I'd probably start to lean to boot. How about you, Ryan? Yeah, this is, this is a tough spot. If it's one person, then, then it's it's an easier call. So maybe maybe with this one person who has consistently shown this lack of interest or lack of dedication to the league, maybe you boot him to uh, you know make make an example of him uh, if he's the the worst offender, and then you know if that serves as a warning to everyone else then then that would be a good thing yeah yeah that man i i always hate booting people it's it's an unfortunate thing we have to do but um man if he's been in since day one and this is who he is ugh, that that sucks but man i i don't even know that i'd want him in the league if that's if that's how he always is too you know so right ugh, um uh, honestly, if I, if you reach out a couple times and they he's just not responding at all, I'd boot him and say, 
that's what it was. I, I'm sorry, but you didn't respond. I did not know what to do. I had to replace you. If he I, I, and if he responds, he responds, and then you you figure it out from there. But I mean, you, you got to at least give a couple shots at at getting a hold of him. Yeah, that's ugh, yeah. yeah. I fear it's one of those things that you'll try and try and try, and then you know, right before you're about to replace him, oh, he chimes up, and this happens every year because <laughs> I have one of those guys in one of my leagues. <laughs> yes, yes, I do too. Uh, oh. All right, Scott, we've got another question from our buddy, Kevin in Columbus. He says he's uh, working on creating bylaws for his league. He added a section about how orphan teams would be handled. Um, he wants to know what happens if a team is abandoned during the season. His current setup is that the commissioner takes over. Uh, the roster would be frozen, no trades, no waivers. He says that's pretty typical, which yeah. I agree with. I think that yep. is that is pretty common. Um, next is what he really wants our insight on. Uh, he says he will not submit a lineup for the team. The weekly score used will be the average score for the week. So team playing the, <clears throat> excuse me, the team playing the orphan team will have to beat the average score for the week. If the orphan team is bad, he could, that could make it more difficult um, moving forward. What are our thoughts? Um well, <clears throat> pretty clear thought. If if you want me to go first, yeah, well, you I can, can go first. I, I can kind of go either way on this. So yeah, go you ahead. go. For, okay, uh, I I'm not that guy. I think it takes more commission work to to deal with the the average score for the week. Also, um, if the average score for the week could actually be better than this orphan team is, which could affect his draft position next year, I'm just going to set the lineup for him. I'm I'm just going to set the lineup for him each week. That that is my current rule as well, and and not only is it me setting a lineup, but it's me setting a lineup based on um, projections from, and and you can use whatever site you want, four for four football guys. I think uh, MFL even has a thing that shows you who you should start, and you can yeah, just go by that. Yeah, so it's it's not it's not me as commissioner making a gut call about who I think is going to have a better week. It's it's pretty subjective. Uh, ideally, the best case is to find somebody to take over, even if it's a mid season. Uh, yeah. Someone to just set the lineups and then you'll deal with the orphan after the season. Right. You could do that. Yeah. So yeah. I, I mean, I like the, I like the idea. Uh, uh, I like some of the, I don't know. <laughs> this, this is a tough one. I like, I like where he's coming from. I like his intentions for this rule. Uh, but I don't think it's necessarily going to accomplish what he wants it to. Right. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I feel the same way. Um, yeah. And it's, it's just, it falls in the, no, in the more work thing too. <laughs> so, yeah. so I, I'll take the easy route, uh, click on the thing and see which players are projected to score more, uh, set his lineup and walk away. It's five extra, you know, it's an extra minute per week. It's that's where I am. All right. Uh, maybe this is the last one we do here. Um, hey, guys. Uh, hey. <laughs> hey, Mitch. Hey, Mitch. Uh, this is Mitch from Grand Rapids, Michigan. Hey, guys. I'm trying to create my first Dynasty League, and I'd love listening to all the ideas out there. I One I haven't heard yet is a league with both rookie and Debbie drafts. 
what are your thoughts on combining the two instead of having two separate drafts? So it would be one draft each season where you select either a rookie or a Devi with any pick. I understand the worst team would no longer get the top player in both, but I've been tossing it around for a couple positives. First, if you get to the third round of a Debbie depleted rookie draft, there might be there might not be someone you want to pick. Combining the two allows you to take a Debbie guy you like instead. Second, I think it creates a unique market where owners have to decide between rookie now or Debbie later. Thanks, guys. Love the show. Um, I love that idea. I think it's I think it's a great idea. It's it, the the tough part becomes uh as a commission you'd have to maybe add the devi players as you go or um have people submit devis that you create before it starts or something like that but that's that's all you know just something to figure out there i think the idea in general is a pretty good one i think it's a solid way to play yeah i like the idea as well actually uh i have seen um I've seen several leagues that do this. I've never played in one. All of my Devi leagues have been uh, separate, either separate drafts or, or separate auctions. That's what I would prefer, but I do agree with Mitch that combining them does add, um, add a layer of strategy. It, it adds a new challenge and uh, definitely would not have any issue with that at all. And uh, yeah, from a commissioner standpoint, in those leagues that I've seen, you draft a player, you put it in the comments if you're drafting a Debbie, who it is, and then uh, later the commissioner will just replace that pick with the new created player. So a little more work for the commission there as well, but not too bad. Yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, it, I, I like it. It's a it's a good way to go. Um, just uh, just a little bit. I mean, Debbie leagues in general are going to be a little bit of commission work, so you're probably not. Uh, you're probably not too worried about that. You you understand that's coming. So I like it. I really like that idea. It, it does it does does add a wrinkle. Um, I think that's it. You know what? I think that's it. So <laughs> uh, thank you for your messages. You can always email us commish pod. Did I get that right, Ryan? Is it commish pod? Um, I never. I, I don't know. I've never emailed that 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 account. <laughs> it is commishpod at gmail.com. Uh, go on iTunes, rate and review us. That would be pretty awesome. Um, I think we have 27 five-star reviews. So uh, we would like to get more. We know we have a ton more listeners than that. So uh, what do you do? You're probably listening on some other device, which is cool too. Rate and review us on any device you can. That's uh, very awesome. Anything else you have before we get on out of here, Ryan? No, that's it. Just uh, appreciate all the questions and all the all the different topics. Yes, we love it. We love it. Um, so for Ryan McDowell at RyanMC23 on Twitter and myself at Scottfish24, thanks for listening. Have a great day.